Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Missy Maxwell Wharton. Missy Maxwell Wharton is an award-winning author, speaker, and destiny coach. Welcome to the show, Missy. Hey, it's great to be there. Thank you, Gigi. You're welcome, and it's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm Missy, and uh, I was born and raised in New Mexico, and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee when I was on tour with a Broadway-type musical, and a producer saw me and said, we're going to bring you to Nashville and and make a record. So it landed me in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where I am at now. Uh, I ended up getting married, and um, then, of course, kids start coming at that point. So I decided motherhood was the higher calling uh, on my life. So my husband and I, we have four beautiful children. Two of them are biologically um, born from me, but two are birthed from my heart. So and we adopted two from Ethiopia um, that are our children uh, and make a family of six. Uh, but that is that's our, our fourth one actually is the one that my book is all about with Don't Mess With This Mama and uh, just the rescue mission to bring her home safely. So that that's a little bit about me. I'm all about um, just finding the jewels in others and and uh, being a destiny coach and a speaker. And of course, I'm an author as well. I love it. Now, you mentioned your book. Tell us more about your book, Don't Mess With This Mama. Very powerful title. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, first of all, that was not the original title, right? My, my original title was something else. And my producer, uh, my publisher said, you know, we need to, to make it Don't Mess With This Mama. And I really struggled with that because that comes into my identity of, of who I am with Don't Mess With This Mama. And I realized it had nothing to do with me. It was about all the other mothers that I'm speaking to, whether they are, you know, it doesn't matter whether they are a biological mother, adopted mother, just a, a woman that is helping other people rise up to be all they can be. And you don't mess with their babies. But my story in particular in here is the story of in 2012, my husband and I uh, boarded the last flight out of uh, America before Hurricane Sandy slammed into the East Coast. Uh, we flew over the storm to land in our own storm. And that was to rescue our daughter out of a false foster care system that looked more like child slavery. And so it is a story of how we fought to bring her to America. We had to go into hiding. We were literally um, falsely accused of child trafficking. Um, and they tried to take her from us. They hunted us down. Uh, we went into hiding in the most radical Islamic area in uh, Ethiopia. And it's a story of how God helped us face our fears. Every single fear you can imagine, we faced it. Um, and he gave us faith to come out uh, victorious. And it, it's about just having faith in a God who is still big. He is still a God of miracles. And he is a, still a God who will give you victory in what you hold on to. Amen. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Now, tell us more about your experience writing across media as an author, including film and television. Wow. Well, I went to a school called Oral Roberts University where I learned how to be a, 
a screenplay writer. And my first writing was actually uh, writing for um, a te television shows and writing uh, basically shows that could go into like Hallmark. Um, and then I, I reached out and I went into writing full-fledged movies, tent peg movies. And um, of course, none of those have been made yet because it takes them, some of them, it takes them years uh, to get to get done, but uh, I've, I've written movies, uh, television shows, and then when this happened to me, um, our story, I knew that I had to write the book, and of course, then that will go into a movie form eventually. That is fantastic, I love it. Now tell us more about what your greatest desire is. Wow, um, you know, my greatest desire is to awaken uh, specifically women into who they're called to be. I, I see a lot of women, when I was growing up, I used to always have that feeling that I was created for more, that there was greatness inside of me. And, you know, my mama could tell me that, but it was beyond that. It was like I was put on this earth to do something. And as I got older, I started meeting other women just like me. They were like, I feel like I was created to do more with my life. And so when I, when all of this happened, I recognized how I came to know my destiny and how I started basically shedding the things off of my life that were not what I was called to do. And they were holding me down. They were basically putting me in chains. So I wasn't able to do what I was called to do. So now my greatest desire is to find those other women who know that they're called to greatness and they know they're called for more. And what I do is I help them, remind them who they are. Who did God call you? Who, who are you? Who is your DNA? It's not just your mom and daddy, because you also have the DNA of God resonating within you. And so I like to find that and find out what, what is your greatest desires? What is your need? What do you feel you're called to? And of course, there's a lot of ways we can find that which leads to your destiny. So I help them unlock their destiny. And then once that destiny is unlocked, that is when a person, um, and let me just say this, when you find your destiny, most likely you have overcome something major in that area and you did it through the power of God. But now you can walk in the authority, in the power and in the dominion that your father's given you. And then I help them to live that out so that they can live a powerful life uh, and leave a powerful legacy for for generations to come. <laughs> I love it. Now tell us more about your living out a life of destiny principle. What does that truly mean? So for the audience that's listening that don't that don't know what that is. Well, um, you know, I, I can always look back at Esther. Um, you know, Esther, when she was born, she didn't know that she was going to be responsible for saving a nation. And, you know, I don't think most of us realize what we're capable of or what we're truly called to but god starts working that that destiny call and to the point to where when that calling comes up in your life you will have the courage that it needs to stand up for what it is you've been called to so just like esther it took a mordecai to say what if you were put on this earth for such a time as this and that is is what so many people can resonate with right now okay i was born for such a time as as this of course you were that's why you're here right now so it's finding out what you have in your hand right now that you can help others that you what purpose you are called to if if you're a writer then you write the future if you're a prayer warrior 
then prayer warriors and intercessors are those who pray in the future. Find out what is it that your passion, where, where you're passionate. And I can tell you, most of the women that I work with, we can dig in and something in their childhood speaks to their passion. They love to do it. Um, they're good at it. And when they do it, time flies and they, they could do it without being paid. That is finding your destiny calling. But more than that, when something happens, like for me, I'm an advocate for, for orphans, for the unborn, for those enslaved or trafficked. When I see those things, there is a passion that burns in me to make a difference, not just to be aware about it, um, but it is what can I do to stop this? What can I do to help these these individuals and be a voice for them? So does that kind of explain the, the destiny? But you know your destiny is there because you you catch on fire when you see your destiny call calling activated. Yes, ma'am. That exceeded my question, the answer to my question. I love it. Now tell us more about your walking in God's authority and adoption principle. Ooh, walking in authority. Um you know, I think when you know who you are, and, it, it, and it's really not connected to who your father and mother are, it's connected to who you are and who God has called you to be. And when you recognize that, and you recognize that you're a daughter of the Most High, that you're a son of God, when you recognize that, you have more authority, literally, um, in adoption, the, the way my children... They, you know, I could take all four of my children and I love them equally. I absolutely adore them. There are certain things about some of them I like more than, you know, <laughs> they all have their personality traits, which I adore them in. But when they walk in their authority, what they're called to do, then suddenly um, there there is a favor that comes upon them in that they're walking out their destiny. So that that's really where authority comes in knowing who you are, what you're called to, and there's an authentic authenticity to who you are. And so when you're authentic, there's nothing you're hiding. There's no lies. It is what it is. And you have authority in that area. But more importantly, you have authority because you've overcome something in that area. Amen. I love it. Very powerful. Now tell us more about your experience as an actress and the singer. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I, I went to school to, of course, to be a, a writer. And um, in, in the middle of that, I was also an actress with a group called Jeremiah People, which we toured all over the nation and um, in Canada. And so I've always had a love for singing. It's what brought me to Nashville. And uh, I was shy. I, I didn't, it was my mama who kept hearing me and saying, sweetie, you need to sing, you need to sing. And I was just so shy, but I would sing in my my um, my room for hours. And I ended up singing all over the nation. And um, just, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I loved, I loved to sing, but in acting, I, I had to finally lay that down with children because uh, auditioning, um, I, although I loved acting, auditioning was so haphazard <laughs> and I would be breastfeeding and have be called in to do a part. <laughs> so I finally just said, I think I'm going to be a mom right now. So I did, I did, I did the singing, I did the acting, uh, mostly in commercials, but now it's, it's writing that I'm really finding the love uh, of, of life that I have. I love it. Now you mentioned God. How important is your relationship with God to you? 
Well, it's it's number one. It's it's a priority. I am who I am because of of who I am in His eyes. And when when I tell people, remember who you are. It's amazing because we're fed lies our whole life. Our whole life, we think um, that we're somebody. We try to fit in the mold of what, whether it's our parents, whether it's our friends, but with the Lord, with God. Um, one of the things that makes my relationship with Him so pure is that I see myself as he sees me. And I think if we just ask God, how do you see me? How do you see me? Not what the world sees, not what anyone else sees. How do you see me and define me? Suddenly you will you will hear nothing but good. You will hear nothing but positive. And it empowers you to be able to walk in that authority that I'm talking about um, and be the person God has created you to be because he's the one that packed you with that DNA. He's the one who knows what you're created to do and he knows what lies are holding you back. So for me, God is, I, I mean, my relationship with the Lord is, is it, it is paramount. It's, it's the most major thing in my life that I can talk about. I love it. And as you can see, you're, it's so much joy to hear you talk about God because it's so important to keep him first in our lives. I love it. Now, tell us more about what got you interested in being an advocate for the orphan, the unborn, enslaved, and trafficked. Well, that... That goes back to, um, you know, when I was a little girl, I would, I'm going to tell my age, but I would watch the TV and Sally Struthers would come on with these children from Ethiopia. And I wouldn't know why, but I would burst out in tears and my heart would just weep for these, these children. And I would go to my mom and dad and say, we've got to help them, mom, we've got to help them. And I would want to bring these children home. And she's like, honey, it doesn't work that way. They don't let you adopt them. Well, um, as, as my life went on, I would battle also for the unborn um, because I would see not only um, the after effects of the women that I would deal with in pregnancy centers who would have had an abortion and then they, they wanted counseling for the, how they felt specifically. So I, when I saw that and I saw that the injustice that was happening, that's where I rose up. And it first started with adoption. And uh, I am, you know, we've got to take care of the, the children that need, need help. And of course, we can't adopt them all. I look at Ethiopia. And Ethiopia, at the time that we went, had 6 million orphans, uh, according to UNICEF. And there's no way you can, you, you can take care of all of them. But now it's even closed to adoption in Ethiopia. So we can't even even touch that and help them. But there are different ways we can help them. Um, and that is, you know, through through the the places that they have, they're giving them love, they've given giving them a place to live, uh, educating them. And um, but they need, you know, they need us. And uh, so that's, I think my heart has always been that um, just to look after those who have no voice. I'm, I have that rescue spirit. And I've even, here's the funny thing. I once had a prophet that said, you have a rescue spirit on it, on you. The Lord is telling me this, but you need to watch it because you're going to wear yourself out. And it was true because I was trying to rescue every kitten, every puppy, <laughs> and every person that came across my path. I was like, oh, they need to be rescued. And it's not about how I can rescue. It's about how can I love them into wholeness? Now, puppies and kitties, different human beings 
to rescue them is to loving them into wholeness and, and loving them into a place where you really help them discover the value that they carry and and they need to find their their power their value uh that god has given them because they have a destiny that they need to achieve in life as well amen bless for your heart for all that you do in our community now oh. tell us more about the major challenge you had to overcome in your life Ooh, which one <laughs> which one sticks out the most in your mind well as far as overcoming i think um uh, one of the biggest things was fear. And, um, you know, I, I got to say, the Lord burned it out of me um, with our story. Uh, don't mess with this mama, because when we went over there, we had to face the fear of losing our daughter. We had to face the fear of being um, put into a third world prison, never seeing our, our family again, our other kids, uh, never seeing America again. And what did that look like? Was I willing to stand in the gap for this little girl um, and, and lose everything? Uh, because we weren't promised except through uh, we had other people saying God has promised you. And they gave us Ephesians 3.20 and Philippians 1.6 were given to us. And we held on to those, those scriptures as we were battling for that month and hiding out um, to bring our little girl home. But facing your fear and I think that is the biggest battle I've ever faced because fear can hold you back from what you're called to do. Fear can literally hold you in a place of enslavement yourself. And one of the things I learned is courage is when you look at what all you can lose and you say you look at more what you gain by standing strong in your belief system, standing strong in what God has told you that you can do and what he's promised you can do in your life. And I know a lot of people right now are in a lot of fear and fear carries a frequency and fear is actually uh, has a being with it that feeds off of our fear. And I would say this, when you have fear, start rejoicing, start thanking God for all he's done for you. Start thanking him for what you want him to do. Start speaking the future forth for what he has for you, not what you see. And by all means, please turn off the TV. <laughs> because I find that sometimes I'm on social media or uh, we don't even turn on the TV anymore. I do not listen to, to mainstream media. Um, and I don't read a lot of the Associated Press uh, because there is, there is stuff in there that can get me into that place of fear. So recognize what takes you into fear. And this is what I learned. I would recognize what took me into a place of fear and I stopped going there. And then if I did face fear, then I would start basically combating it with the fact of the devil is irrelevant to my future. He's irrelevant to your future. The only power you give the enemy or you give fear is, is what you get. The only power it has is what you give it. it. You know, the enemy has no power unless you give him the power. So stay away from the area of fear and recognize what creates fear in you. And then do the opposite, but also constantly speak your future. Because the future, when you speak the future, you are denying where, where you're at right now, the fear you're in, you're denying it any power. You're saying, no, no. Okay, you're saying this, but here's what I see. And here's the promises of God on what I see. So I hope that answers it. <laughs> yes.
ma'am. And I agree. The Bible says the only person you shall fear is him. Yep. Yeah. The fear of the Lord leads to the knowledge of the Lord, which, you know, only those who don't want wisdom uh, will not fear the Lord. I mean, the fear of the Lord leads to, to wisdom and understanding. So um, the it, fear of the Lord is good. Fear of anything else is not. Amen. Yes. Now tell us more about some of the projects you're currently working on. Well, right now we're just, we're, I've, I've been working with other writers uh, to bring forth um, a TV show that we're working on right now called Three Forks. It's a supernatural, uh, supernatural show. I, I give more, more detail of it, but there's, I have two co-writers with that. Um, I have another uh, co-writer that we're working on a, like a, um, basically a Hallmark type type show. Um, but then I'm also already working on my second book. And um, I wanted to write a book about kind of allegorical uh, as far as who we are before we ever came to earth. And um, in just showing the light as far as the value and the, the, well, it's all about what I am, the destiny, the authority, the power and the dominion that we carry and having a person recognize that uh, in this book. So, and then I'm working on another book. <laughs> it's called Brown Identity with another author who is an award-winning author uh, with me. So um, she's outstanding. She is one of the C.S. Lewis type that I think she can pull that out in, in this book with me, so. I love it. And I look forward to reading both of your books coming soon. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experience an aha moment? Ooh, um, you know, I think uh, I have a lot of aha moments that brought me to this point. But I know I was just talking to my husband a few months ago. And uh, one of the aha moments that I had was when we're when we're always trying to please man and please God, we, we end up in the middle. And there's something that I recognize that the Lord says that if you're neither hot or cold, he will spew you out of his mouth. And we really have, I recognize that I have no power by just landing in the middle and not standing for anything. Because really in the middle, it's hard to stand for anything because you're going to upset someone. So the Lord just really showed me that I'm asking you to go over here, to be bold, to be courageous, to be strong. And you're going to have people that don't like you. They're going to talk against you, but you need to stand for my principles. You need to stand for the platform I've put you on. And it's okay for those who don't like you. You're always going to have people that don't like you. <laughs> so, and that was an aha moment. So it's either, I forget who says it, um, Mark Twain, I believe, was the one who said either write books that people uh, will love reading and they will change history or be the person that people write books about that will impact and leave a legacy. And, you know, people who who impact the culture, they're not liked by everybody. They're they're They have their haters and they have those that adore them. But if you're in the middle, you never see which one you are. So that was my aha moment. And that, that was the most recent. <laughs> Very powerful. Now you mentioned to listen to him. Can you explain how important it is to listen to God? You know, 
I don't, basically, I don't do anything without really listening to the Lord, anything that's major. Now I'll go buy groceries without making sure I buy everything he says. But, um, <laughs> but when it comes to my children, when it comes to what he has me doing, I will literally spend time alone with him and, and just wait upon him to tell me, do do I go this road? You know, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus did not do anything. He did not see his father do or hear his father tell him to do. So if, if we look at that, we need to stop and wait. I, I mean, some of the biggest things is um, social media. Sometimes I'll see something and I'll want to post. <laughs> I want I'll want to make a comment. And sometimes I've learned how to just back off. Not every time I have slipped up, but it's kind of like, would Jesus, would Jesus respond in this way? You know, um, how would Jesus respond to this? And there are some things that I do respond because it's the platform that I'm on and that I know this is the truth. And, but I, whether they hear it or not, um, I'll post it. And, um, and you get backslash. So, yes, I do go to the Lord. I do ask him, Lord, is this you or is this just me being ornery? Um, or is this is this my passion rising up? Do I need to say it? But more importantly, Lord, how do I say this in the way that it's loving and kind? Because if it does, if it's, if it's not carried with the spirit of love, then it will impact nobody. So um, that's I'm I'm battling for that always releasing things in in a place of love because that's the only thing that can change people's hearts there's nothing i could say that will change people's hearts but i know the love of god when it enters into their heart there is a light that sheds um a light on every corruption every every darkness in their soul that they see and only that can can bring a, a place of just renewing a person revealing but redeeming a person and that's love that that's it <laughs> Amen. god's love conquers all and the wisdom of yes. god matters thank you yes. for sharing yes. that now tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life ah wow i you know what i have a lot of joy in that the the areas of that god is always going before me and making a way um you know, we can look at that he's a sovereign God. So everything in my life, for instance, our book, the when we went through the the trials and tribulations that we went through in Ethiopia, when I was coming home, I kept saying, Lord, please help me learn everything that I needed to learn in this. Because if if it's hard and you have to overcome it and you have to go down a road that you would never have chosen. There's a reason God puts you on that road. There's a reason you're going through that trial. Learn from it so that you can become a better person. And I tell you what, you grow in the overcoming. You grow in the trials. The Bible talks about all about that. Um, but that was one of the things I, I will say is that what keeps the joy in me is saying, okay, Lord, I see this. I don't like it. I don't like it right now, but I'm going to pray that you give me the eyes to see what is good about this situation. It's the same thing with people. I don't like what I'm seeing in them right now, but Lord, show me something that you love about them and show me something true about them. Because the reality is when you see ugly in a person, like the way they're acting or what they're doing, it, it means there's a hurt. There's a heart hurt in them that needs healing. 
And I'm, I'm learning. I have not learned it completely, but I'm learning to look at a person and go, okay, Lord, show me what you see in them. Help me see the good in them. Even if it's just their warrior for the wrong side, their warrior. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And what's that saying? Hurt people, hurt people, right? They do hurt people. Anytime I see somebody say something really horrible, um, I'm, I'm always thinking what, what hurt them? What hurt them to get them to this place? Um, and that's just releasing love to them. And that's what I'm learning to do is, okay, let's just, the ugly isn't them. It's something that has hurt them. It's something that is possibly um, speaking into them, you know, that that is telling them lies about themselves, that they need to see freedom. Amen. Now, what is your best advice for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Well, my advice for walking in purpose is, is really first going to the Father and saying, Lord, who am I? Remembering who you are. You remember in Lion King where where he comes to him and he says, remember who you are. <laughs> he sees he's the king of the jungle and he's been hanging out with rugrats. Um, not rugrats, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's first remember who you are. Remember who you're created to be and remember whose you are. And when you remember that you're a child of the king, then you can walk out a life with purpose and and find out what is it that you have in your hand right now that can help other people. You know, one of the greatest things we can say to another purpose is how can I, another person is, how can I help you? Um, And we may have their answer to help them, or we may have someone who we know who's the answer to help them. So walking out in purpose is knowing who you are, um, over knowing what have you overcome to, meaning what do you have in your hand right now? What do you enjoy doing? And how can you walk out of life to impact others for good with what you already have in your hand? That is called the divine purpose that God has prepared you to use. And it's part of your DNA. So release that person that God's created and, and let him use you to the full capability of what you have inside of you ready to release to the world. Amen. I love it. Now, Missy, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? Well, I have a website called uh, MissyMaxwellWharton.com. You can go on there, find out anything you want um, about me. And you can also reach out to me uh, if you have any questions uh, right through there. And I think that's, I also have a, you know, I have, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have all those. Um, and it's always my name, Missy Maxwell Wharton. And uh, also you can, you can find me on Amazon. I have a author page there as well. I love it. I've had a blast today. Now, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, make sure to check out Missy at MissyMaxwellWharton.com. And again, Missy, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You are so welcome, Gigi. Thank you for having me here and introducing me to your uh, to your audience as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a blessed day, Missy. You too.